0: I'm going to take your attention to Daniel chapter 6. Daniel chapter 6. We're going to just have our Bibles open there for a moment here. Actually, I'm going to start off reading this this first. Daniel chapter 6, verse 10. It's really where our our focus is going to be from tonight. But Daniel chapter 6, verse 10, it says, Now, when Daniel... Knew that the, the writing was signed. Daniel chapter 6 and 10. When he knew it was signed, he went home and in his upper room with his windows open. all oh, the gall. We're gonna dive in, in just a moment and understand this more, but with his windows open toward Jerusalem. He knelt down on his knees three times that day and prayed and gave thanks before his God. It goes on and says simply this. He does it because this was his custom since early days. Let me just tell you real fast. A decree from a crooked king can't stop what you know has been working for you all your life, should never stop it. It should never stop it. A decree from a, a crooked influencer, a decree from a, a crooked member of Hollywood, a decree from a crooked teacher, a decree from a crooked boss, a decree from a crooked, you fill in the blank, but don't look at your wife or your husband, okay? But a decree should not stop you from doing what you know you've got to do amen 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 my title is simply this because I didn't have a pretty title Daniel 6 one for the books C.S. Lewis said the moment you wake up each morning your wishes and hopes for the day rush at you like wild animals and he goes on and says "And the first job each morning consists of i'm sorry consists in shoving it all back in in listening to that other voice that's the first thing you should do and he says you should push it all back in but you should do it while listening to that other voice taking that other point of view letting that other larger stronger quieter life come flowing in let me tell you right now if you allow all that's coming in to come in, it will drive you to a point of exhaustion and it'll drive you to a point where you cannot make sense of anything in life. But he tells us and challenges us, the great, the great author, and you know, we oftentimes reflect on, on um, many of his works, but he tells us that you can push it all back in by listening to a, a voice that'll bring calmness, that'll bring clarity, that'll bring help. It'll bring strength, and I, I agree. John Bunyan stated, "He who runs from God in the morning will scarcely find Him the rest of the day." It's gonna be hard to find Him. It's hard to find Him when you when you when you hurry out to everything else first. And Martin Luther says this: "Pray as if everything depends on God, then work as if everything depends on you." That's a, that's a heavy statement. It's a heavy reality is that sometimes we get caught up in the idea of, well, I prayed about it, it's going to be okay, and then we don't do anything about it. But I like to pray and wait. And you've heard me talk about this, and I'm going to take a moment. I really wasn't planning on stopping here. But when we, when we understand that they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength, that wait is not a waiting of inactivity. That wait is a waiting of activity. That waiting is a waiting of me serving the Lord, giving myself to the Lord, giving of my time, giving of the things that I possess. And, and that moment when I'm now giving myself to that, and I'm, I'm oftentimes, uh, it's, let me just imagine with me a caterpillar. A caterpillar will climb up on our barn every spring. It'll climb up in, and it'll make these little, all over our pine boards, that we'll have cocoons. That, that caterpillar now is in there waiting, but is it inactive? That's a place where I'm asking a question. You're know saying that's like it's not the best class today. Like, that's a question, everybody. So, we give me an answer quickly because I may be the only one that's off here. Is it inactive? Exactly right. It's not inactive. Thank you so much. I was getting worried. It's active. Okay, it's active. There's something happening in the cocoon because when that caterpillar begins to break out of that cocoon, guess what? It's no longer a pillar that catted up the side of the pine. It's now looking around thinking, what's up, guys? Look at these. <laughs> it's now got all kinds of decorated, hopefully it came out with manly colors, you know. Anyways, but it's got all kinds of decorated wings. It's going to fly through, and then I'm going to struggle because I'm going to come down my drive, and it's going to slowly cross Country Club and... Hopefully it gets out of the way in a hurry, but that's besides the point. I always hit it when that happens. But it wasn't inactive when it was in that place of, of now waiting. It was waiting with activity for what is going to come forth out of that season of its life. And let me just tell you right now that when you feel as if something's got to shift and something's got to break and you say, well, I've taken it to the Lord, you've got to take it to the Lord. you got to wrap yourself up in a place of activity and say, God, when you bring me out of this this i never could understand it before but when i come out of this i'm going to be a flying worm i'm going to see life from a new perspective i'm going to see things in a whole new way i'm going to soar in a way i've never soared before but i'm not going to just sit and fold my arms and say well i prayed about it so i've got to pray i've got to wait i've got to have some activity i've got to experience some activity in my life Daniel 6 and 10, we find when, when Daniel knew that the document had been signed, and this document, Daniel 6, was a, was a, uh, a decree signed by King Darius, of the Persian Empire. The decree prohibited anyone from making petitions to any god or man other than the king for 30 days. So notice what the enemy did. The enemy wanted them to fast yeah. because he wanted to break their wheel. Even the enemy knows the power of fasting. If the enemy can get you to fast prayer. If the enemy can get you to fast church, even for service. If the enemy can get me to fast my faith, even for a short period of time. The enemy knows the power of fasting just as much as you and I should understand the power of fasting. Why? Because fasting breaks our wheel. Breaks who we are, tears us down as far as our fleshly selves. The decree was signed, a design to trap Daniel, to break his will. But yet Daniel continued to pray to his God despite, despite the decree that went forth. He continues to pray. He went to his house where he had windows in his upper chamber. And and what's amazing to me is that that. That Daniel didn't go down into the basement. He didn't go down and close up the windows. He didn't go down and say, well, maybe this would be a day that I might want to take a second and wait. He didn't do that. No, he went up and he prayed in the upper area of his chamber and he turned towards jerusalem he got down on his knees three times a day even with the decree even with the sanctions that would come even with the stay-at-home order if i can say it that way he said no i'm going to pray i'm going to pray he got down and he prayed and gave thanks before his god as he had done previously he carried on as usual Some crooked politicians making a law for one month, deciding to do such a thing didn't stop Daniel, wouldn't stop him yet. He was he was more intent on praying, but yet his desire to carry on would certainly, certainly, as you know the story, would place him in the lion's den. Daniel has a few options. He can obey, he can obey the order, and for 30 days walk away. He can, he can pull back from God, knowing that he relied upon him, knowing that he relied on the relationship he had through prayer, knowing that he he was committed to this, knowing the the the, the need, the power for it, he could he could step back. Or the second option is he could fake being on board with the law and pretend to go along with it. Three, the, the next one that he had an option of, he could have fled and run for his life. Or the fourth option, he could simply take a 30-day break from his daily prayer routine, much like many of us would possibly say, you know what, I'm just going to take a moment. I need some space. This, you know, There's a lot of this floating around the Internet these days, and let me just talk about it for a moment. Again, something that wasn't in my notes, but there's a lot of this term of church hurt. And that's a lot of people that got so offended by something somebody did that they gave up on God because the devil loves to put people in the way of God when you're on the way to him. And there's a lot of this church hurt, church hurt. And, well, I don't go because of church hurt. I don't talk to them because of church hurt. Well, here's the thing I'll tell you. If you go to Exxon, you're going to have Exxon hurt. If you go to Andy's, you're going to have Andy's hurt. If you go to Arby's, and and late in the evening, I promise you, you're going to have Arby's he's hurt so at some point in your life you're not going to be able to go anywhere so i'll tell you this get over it pick yourself back up and i'm not going to church for you anyways i'm going to church for him and so walk yourself back in the house of the lord and say god you are hurt for me and i'm going to be hurt sometimes for you let's do this together is that all right if someone's on there all, all the time talking about church hurt, then just block them, please. We call that a menace. I better be careful here because I can get running down this long trail and I better back it. I, no one here, I, it, you got to be careful going and scrolling that, looking at that and, and letting all these things come in your mind. But there was another option. Five, he could make his prayer in faith private. He could hide it. He could, he could kind of quietly walk amongst the crowd. And, and, and when everybody else turns their head or when everybody else is now going back, you could say, well, this isn't my designated time, but they won't know now. He could have gone in and shut the windows like he's boarding up the room for battle and closed the shutters and, and turned down the volume on his own prayer and said, Lord, i I know you understand right now, but I can't let them hear me. He could have done that. But there's one other option now, the sixth option. He could do what he had always done and pray to the God he had always prayed to. And he could leave his future in God's hands. And this is the struggle for many right now because we want control. We want control. I've oftentimes told the story, I read read one time about a lady that, was getting on a plane, and I, I know i 've told this probably fourteen times in the last year because it 's just always an easy in my mind it 's right there in the beginning chapter chapter one so I, 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 this woman just flying for the first time. Um, and and I I sometimes have to be honest with you. I imagine that Paula getting on an elevator, but y'all didn't, I didn't tell you all that. But she was fine for the first time. She was very very nervous. And this this lady in this book that I read, not and Paula. She was she was on her way to the gate, and her kids were back in the day when they could guide. You know you could walk to the gate. Remember those days? You could actually go to the gate, and we'd stand there, and you could say bye. They're walking on, and then you'd walk all the way back out the airport. Those another day and another time. But but but. They they get her on there, they walk her down the ramp, get her on the plane, and she sits down and she's getting all situated, and she gets her seatbelt on and she clicks it in and she's thinking, Oh my goodness, I gotta have a seatbelt. And she gets all situated, and the person behind her, she's talking, the person in front of her, person beside her, and she's talking, and the stewardess comes by and says, Ma'am, how you doing? And I, I can I notice you're a little bit, oh, I've never flown before, and she's scared. And they the story tells that she was just shaking, she was so scared, and they take off and she's holding on, and now it's starting to kind of people are watching a little bit, they're putting their books down and seeing. And they'd hit some turbulence, and she'd go, oh, and she's scared. And they'd hit this, and oh my goodness, oh Jesus! And they're scared. And finally, the lady comes and says, "Ma'am, listen, I'll tell you, everything's okay." And she said, it "Just feels bumpy," and she's all of a sudden starting to kind of lose it a little bit. And they're like, "Ma'am, it's okay." And then finally, again, back in those days, when the when the co captain or somebody could come out, the pilot stepped out, and he walks over, and he what comes to her, and he says, "Ma'am." Are you okay? And she says, I'm just, I'm just nervous. he says, he says, ma'am, it's okay though. I got this. And she says, but I, but I I just, I don't, I don't, everyone's getting scared. And he sees we got a problem. If we don't get this, people are getting a little bit uneasy. They're wondering if she knows something that I don't know. And he says, listen, ma'am, I want to tell you something. And he looks out and points out the window and he says, do you see that light out there? And she says, I see it. And do you see the light out there? And he says, I I see it. He says, ma'am, listen, listen, your job, your job is easy. My job is to keep you between those two lights. If I can just keep you between those two lights, you're going to make it. But I can't do it if you don't get quiet and sit still. I think sometimes we say, Lord, things are bad. Things are terrible, God. How bad is it, Lord? Tell me real quick. Let me know how bad it is. I'm going to go pray and you tell me how bad it is. Tell me, is it that bad? Is it this bad? And I know things get bad. I'm not discounting that. I know storms come, but the Lord is saying, my job is to keep you between there and there. And if you'll just trust me, then I'm going to carry you through. But you just need to sit still, be still, and know that I am God. And as we sing about, he is perfect in all of Of his ways. He's perfect in all of his ways. Daniel, without hesitation, he refused to change his worship of God, his God, facing Jerusalem where Jesus would be coming to. He openly and publicly prayed as he always had. Ezekiel places Daniel in the same category of righteousness and faith as Noah and Job. He calls, him, he calls him in the same list of these great, great, great heroes. The same pressure continually comes upon us with, with, with some of the things we deal with on our jobs and some of the things we deal with in life and some of the things we deal with as far as ridicule. And it's not getting any easier at all the things we talked about when I was a kid, saying someday they're going to stop you from praying at, at, at this and that. Someday you won't be able to do these things. Someday you won't be able to carry a Bible in the school. Someday you won't be able to wear a shirt that says the name of Jesus. Guess what? In our society, it is happening right now. And right now, you are more of a domestic threat to this country in many people's minds than anybody else carrying any kind of weird ideology. That's the world we're living in. That's what we're dealing with. My question is, will that stop you from praying? Will that hinder you from being uh, someone that declares your faith unto God? Will that hinder you? Because I've got good news and bad news. The bad news first. Those days are not going to get any easier. But there will come a day when you that stood firm and you that continued on and you that said, I'm going no matter what, and I'm praying no matter what, there will be a day when it will get better. It's after we leave here. But it will get better. It's going to happen. You've got to know that it's, it's, it's not always going to be easy. But from Daniel's example, we learn just, just these, we're going to pick up just seven. There's probably 48, but we're picking up seven principles from prayer, from Daniel's uh, 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 six and ten experience that we look at. And I, I'm aware of the time. And, and so we got 15 minutes, and the reason why I know we have 15 minutes, because if I don't have, have kind of closes at 15 minutes, then the kids are going to run crazy, and then we're going to have mom saying, where are my kids at? But it's all good, right? Make sure I explain why I look at it and see 15 minutes. The first thing I want you to get out of these uh, principles from Daniel's prayer is your faith should be public, not just private. We should have public, uh, public not public. That's, that's when you have faith and public get together. <laughs> oh, Lord, help me tonight, Lord. God. <laughs> it's been one of those days, everybody. We should have public. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, Dwayne. We should have public faith. That's one that I'm glad my wife was in here for that one. She's looking back there thinking, I can't wait to talk to him about that one. Oh, Lord. We should have public mistakes at times in front of people. But here's the reality. Is it's easy for us in this time and age for us to hide. It, let me say it this way. Because it's, and I'm not getting political. I'm not telling you how to vote. I'm not doing anything like that. So don't, don't misunderstand me. If you take it take it that way, it's your fault. But because many times we, we lean on our principles in the Word of God, and, and we sometimes make those stated, certain people think, well, you must be this. And so we sometimes hide from those statements because we don't want to now deal with the public perception and judgment of those around us. And so we say, you know what, we believe. And by the way, let me say, this church believes in life. And I'll say this, we should vote for life. I'll say that. I'm not telling you how to vote. I just said we, and I could be talking about we and my family, so you can take it how you want it. We, though, should vote for the principles of God. And I'm not saying all those guys haven't figured out either, or ladies. I won't say that. But we should do that. But when you now declare and say, well, I believe that life is good. I believe that there should be life. I believe that marriage should look this way. And by the way, just in case you didn't know, we believe that as well. We believe marriage is for a man and a woman. That's what we believe. And you can take that to eternity and figure out who's right. But that's what we believe. However, I'll say this, we'll love everybody will love anybody and everybody. It's not my job to tell anybody that I don't love you or whatever, but I can judge lest I be judged. So I can say, you know what? This is what I believe and this is how I look at it. And, and, and I'm going to be judged that way as well when I begin to do that. However, I want you to know this is what we stand on. These are the principles of God. When you voice things out like that, many times people begin to look at you and say, well, you must be this and I can't believe you think that. And so because we hide from these concepts. These conflicts we hide from these struggles we oftentimes shy away and we back down and we get quiet and we recess into the back of the room when conversations are happening but I'll tell you this real fast that you must also know that Daniel knew the power of being public with his prayer being public with his faith and knowing that I cannot bow out just because I'm in a world that's decreeing the things that are not of God I must stand firm on who I am I don't care if in Walmart or in my home. If someone's sick and needs prayer, In Jesus' name, let's pray right now. Well, I've done it recently, and you ought to, too. I'm not saying you ought to say, can I get the intercom? Hello on all three. We're going to pray together. Maybe you don't want to do that, but you can say, can I pray with you right now? You know why? Because I believe just as we experienced in Northwest Arkansas, from the man from our church, when we were in a season of seeing things happen, a man walked in Walgreens. This woman was bowed over. She was bent over. Her back was hurting. He walked by, and he felt a check, and he said, he felt as if the Lord said, "You'll talk about it, but you won't do it." And he turned around and he said, "Ma'am, I'm, this is going to be this is gonna be very weird, but what, but are you in pain?" And she said, "Oh, I'm in terrible pain." And he said, "Well, I, I know this is going to catch you off guard, but would you mind if I pray for you?" And she said, "Honestly, I would love for you to pray for me." And he put his hand on her back and he said, "In Jesus' name, I speak against this infirmity and I speak life into her body. Let her be made whole." And I kid you not, he called me immediately. He said, "I'm not joking." She stood up and she looked and she said, I don't know what just happened, but I felt warmth in my body. And what I'm telling you is you sometimes got to go public with your faith in order for God to do things where he meets you at that action. So I've got to go public. I cannot just make this a private uh, um, lifestyle I live. Well, it's just for me. I'm reserved like that. No, it's, you can be reserved, but you can also, also stay in for righteousness and walk in faith. When others look down, this is the second point, and I've got to hurry. When others look down on you, you should look up to God. Too many times we're worried what everyone thinks. The greatest thing that I ever did, and I don't always have it right, the day that I started thinking I don't care what they think about me. It wasn't the day I wore overalls for the first time or the moss, but that was the second time I made that decision. And I looked at my wife and I said, I don't care what you think about it. just kidding. <laughs> You've got to come in your, a time in your life when you realize that I am just a tourist in this world. We used to sing the song, this world is not my home, I'm just. My treasures are laid up somewhere. What's the next part? Heavens. beckon me from heaven's open door. Anybody feel like that right now? You just don't feel at home anymore? You just, don't, you just don't feel at home anymore. You know what that is? That's you being public about who you are and not being private and just trying to walk with the crowd. And so when others look down on you, you ought to look up to God. That's me looking up and saying, this isn't my home anyway. 30. The third point, your character is only as strong as your prayer life. The decisions you make, the declarations you have, the lines you'll draw, the things you do in private, the things you look at by yourself, the things you commit to, all those things. Many times they fully, not many times, let me just say it. Those things fully, fully depend on you having a prayer life. I'm going to commit to the things of God. I want the things of God. I'm walking with you, Lord. The fourth thing, the fourth thing is prayer is how you march into battle. And march what through a battle. I'm 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 like those that were with Nehemiah. What do they do? They 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 worked and they fought. It talks about how they had a weapon in one hand and they had a shovel in the other hand. They worked and they fought. Anybody that came to come against them, they're ready to go. Anybody that that walked up on them, they're ready to go, but they're not going to stop digging. They're not going to stop rebuilding. They're not going to stop lifting blocks. They're not going to stop picking up these ash-covered blocks that were burnt to the ground by those. They kept on building, and they kept on fighting. I'm just walking. I I approach this thing with prayer, and I'm going to walk through it with prayer. So I've got to have that determination in my mind. The the fifth thing, the only remedy for panic is prayer. The only way that I get through this moment moment of anxiety, in the moment of where I cannot do anything about it, and that's where panic comes from. When you feel as if you've lost all control, you've got nothing, nothing you can do about the situation. There's nothing I can do. You're exactly right. There's nothing you can do. But guess what? I can call on the name of the Lord. I can call from the power of all that I know Him to be and say, God, I can't do anything else, but you can step in right now. That is what I can do. I I can. I can pray. I can believe it. And that brings me to my next point. When there's nothing you can do, there's always one thing you can do. And that's pray. That's it. I, I, I can pray. Guess what else you can do? You can call anybody else and say, would you pray with me? You can hop on the family Facebook page and say, I need prayer. You can, you can, you can go to your, your, your neighbor, and I don't care if they come to church with you or not. Guess what? You can go with them and say, do you believe God's a God that can change things? And they'll say, yes, they, I do. And you can say, can you join with me right now and pray that God will change it? And you might see something happen. I'm not going to limit God. Seventh point, that prayer is less about changing your future and more about preparing you for your future. Prayer is not me saying, God, would you please paint a new canvas for me? This isn't working out. It's more about me saying, God, I see where you've placed me in this thing. And I see where I'm at. And I know that your brush never stops. I know that you're a master at what you do. And it doesn't doesn't look good right now. But I'm just trusting that you're going to help me through it. Prepare me, God. Mom, can you help me? We're going to, in a moment, we're going to just sing that old song, Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary. We're going to close with that in just a moment. But. There was a, a story I, I read. Make sure I get it all right. A friend of mine took a small son with him to town one day to run some errands. When lunchtime arrived, the two of them went to a familiar diner for sandwich. The father sat down on one of the stools, at the counter, and lifted up the boy, placed him on the seat beside him, and they ordered lunch. When the waiter brought the food, the father said, "Son, we'll just pray a silent prayer." Dad got through praying and when he got done through praying first he waited for the boy to finish his prayer but he just sat with his head bowed and for an unusually long time he, he just had his head down when he finally looked up his father asked him what in the world were you praying about all that time with innocence and honesty in the child's eyes and in his spirit he replies how do I know it was a silent prayer I tell you sometimes we overcomplicate it i know it's a cute little story but it kind of struck with it stuck with me and it struck a chord with me for a moment there because not long ago i didn't know what to pray i felt like i'd said every phrase i felt like i'd prayed every prayer I felt like i'd done all i could Sipped into this church actually just to pick something up but as i picked something up i walked in here just for 15 or 20 minutes and i sat. And I just sat quietly. I had no idea what to say. I had no idea like, felt as if, and you felt it before, I'm sure, felt as if there's a, there's a, a ton of bricks sitting on top of you and nothing's going anywhere. So all I did is I just sat in silence. At some point, at some point in that, it might have been five minutes, I don't know, but it felt like 15 or 20 At some point in that time of sitting there, I just simply just, I wasn't crying, wasn't weeping. I just said, God, I trust you. That's it. That's it. I feel like that's all he needed me to say in the moment because what he was saying was, even though things sometimes seem difficult for you, and sometimes feel difficult for your family, and sometimes things don't make sense, and sometimes... You don't know where to go. Sometimes you don't know what to do. Sometimes you can't bring it all together. Sometimes all I, I, it's all there. I know about all that, but my question is, do do you though? I didn't say it out loud. I didn't scream it. I didn't say it with a th at the end of it. I trusteth you. I, I didn't do any of that. I just sat there and I just, God, I trust you. And what I was saying in that moment is, God. I'm placing everything I have in your hands. I'm placing everything I've got, and I'm going wherever you're taking me. I'm doing whatever you've called me to do. And I'm feeling the panic while I'm feeling the worry. This is what I was saying with those simple words. When I'm feeling the the fear, when I'm feeling the questions, when I'm feeling all the stuff, that's me trying to take over. But when I say I trust you, That's me saying that where you've got me in the picture, where you've got me in this place, where you've got me in life, where you've got me in the grand scheme of everything that makes up who I and my family are. Yeah, I trust you, God. Yeah, I trust you. God, tonight I trust you with our church. I trust you with our, our needs. I trust you with our hurts. I trust you with our pains. I trust you with the things that we've dealt with from what's happened years ago. I thank you for all you've done, but God, I also trust you with it. I trust you, Lord, with the questions of tomorrow. I trust you, God, with the questions of our kids coming back to you, and I trust you with it, God. It's not easy, but I trust you with it, God. I trust you with job situations. I trust you, Lord, with doctor's appointments. I trust you, Lord, with... With, with hurts and marriages, God, and I trust you, Lord, with baggage we've carried through generations and generations and generations. But I trust you, Lord, with every question and hurt that I've walked in with, I trust you. God, I'm, I'm wanting to lift the windows up in my upper room right now, and I want to lift the windows, and I want to turn towards Jerusalem, and I know that there's people below, and I know there's others here, and I know they can hear me. But I'm going to pray, not because I'm, I'm, I'm liking to walk the thin line of safety and danger, but Lord, I'm going to pray because ultimately you have all power in your hands, God. Ultimately, you have all the answers, and ultimately you are the king of kings. And the king here can decree all he wants, but you are my king, so I follow you. And I trust you. Would you stand to your feet right now? Jesus, in your name. We thank you, Jesus. I pray help us right now, God. Thank you, Jesus. And I'm asking to do a work in our lives, God. let's sing this song together Lord prepare me to be a savior